Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Fenway Rundown podcast presented by Mass Live. I'm the host of this show, Chris Cotillo, and after a busy week for the Red Sox with the MLB draft, I'm excited to bring on one of the newest members of the Red Sox organization and a name that, if you don't already know, you will know very, very soon. We have Red, new Red Sox, Blaze Jordan, uh, the third-round pick, third baseman from DeSoto Central High School in Mississippi. Blaze, first of all, congratulations, and uh, welcome to Boston. Well, thank you. I'm super pumped and uh, can't wait to get to work. <laughs> we, uh, it was kind of an interesting draft for the Red Sox. I think in the first round, they went with Nick York. I'm not sure if you're familiar with him at all, but a uh, second baseman from a San Jose high school. Not a lot of people were familiar with. You were the exact opposite. You know, I think people were a little bit surprised to see um, your name because they had remembered you from you know the Home Run Derby last year or the YouTube videos, all that kind of stuff. Just take me through, what was your draft journey like you know going in the third round and um what the process was like on wednesday and thursday um i'm not gonna lie it was a it was a pretty stressful process mm-hmm. uh especially that first night because uh i knew there's a shot that i could go that night and uh just i was just waiting it out and just see when it happens and then just the the next day came and uh boston called and when uh I mean, just when I heard my name get called, I could actually start to cry a little bit because I guess <laughs> that stress and stuff that was built up, and uh, it's always been one of my dreams. And uh, I was just really fortunate to be able to get picked by a great organization like the Red Sox. And uh, yeah, I mean, it was a truly great uh, experience right there. So yeah, it's obviously you know a team that has a rich history and and fans everywhere. Who was your favorite team growing up? Um, I didn't really have like a big favorite team growing up. I kind of mm-hmm. just like skipped around and just like would watch some games. I would mainly like watch my favorite players play. And like growing up, yeah. some of my favorite players were like Miguel Cabrera and like all of them. So like I, I didn't like necessarily grow up like watching a certain team or something. It was mainly just certain players that I would like to watch. The Red Sox obviously have a guy from Mississippi and Mitch Moreland that, um, you know, went to Mississippi State. Do you know him personally at all? Um, I actually do not know him personally, so <laughs> I'm sure I'm sure he'll reach out at some point uh, with, with the Mississippi connection and the family there. For you, I mean, there's a lot of guys that get drafted and and we see the name and there's a little bit of a scouting report, but people aren't familiar with. I mean, for you, you have been, um, you know, for your I guess you know, the last six or seven years of your life, you've been you know dubbed the next Bryce Harper. You've been you know talked about as a guy who. Um, hitting 500 foot home runs at 13 and hitting, you know, pat winning power showcases at 11. Um, and I know I'm sure you're asked this question a ton, but what is it like getting all that attention really, you know, before you're an adult while you're at 11, you know, a, a legitimate kid and, um, trying to grow up on the fly and have that spotlight on you. Um, it was not going to lie when it first started to happen, like, it was a little bit it was kind of hard like especially being that young because like once I would walk into like a travel ball tournament or something every team would know who I am and uh right. and like even though the teams would start to pitch me different and uh when they would get me out they would obviously get like all really excited <laughs> uh, from when they got the other guys out so it, it made it a lot harder to like play because like it was stressful sometimes but over time like I started just to realize and just to start enjoying it because mm-hmm. like once once that many people start to know you like a lot of kids would love to be in the situation that I was in and I felt like once all that pressure and stuff was kind of getting put on me that it was helping me for the future like 
and it, I feel like that's what helped me get here where I am today. So, does it, did it make you feel like there's more pressure going into your pro career? Like, you know, you're not some anonymous name that people don't know. You're Blaze Jordan. People have heard of you. It's obviously a name that people are going to remember. Um, does that add a level of pressure? Um, I wouldn't say it would add any more pressure than what I'm not used to. Because, yeah. I mean, growing up kind of into it, and uh, I've kind of just gotten used to it over time. So, I mean, my big, the biggest thing for me is just to go out there and just keep having fun and just play the game that I know how to play it. So, When you hear things like the next Bryce Harper or Phenom, I mean, what was it like at first to hear those types of things, and how, how has your opinion of – those kind of monikers changed over time um when i first started hearing it, it was it was a little bit crazy because like if you're watching those guys on tv and you have people comparing you to them at such a young age and uh but for me it was kind of just hard to compare myself to him like i would definitely like want to be in the position that he's in but uh yeah i'm also feel like i'm a different type of player and stuff and uh i mean my my goal is to just not to be as good as him would be better. And, I mean, he's such a great player. I know that's going to be hard mm -hmm. to do, but, I mean, that's what your goal has to be is to be the best one out there day in and day out. So it just it can, made me continue to work harder and just, I mean, it made me, like, like I started to work a lot harder and I feel like I got my body right and uh, got more athletic over time. So it made me just start to work harder and all that too. For you, it's a kind of a unique situation because you're 17. You, you reclassified and moved up a year um, to enter the draft or go to college quicker. What went into that decision for you and your family? Um, the main thing that went into it was I played up at such a young age, like when I was 13. Mm -hmm. I would play up and with my brother's team, which was a 17-year-old team sometimes. And uh, I continued to do that when I was 13, 14, 15, and 16. Just I would play up in all the summer events. And uh, so once I started to compete with all of them and, like, I was still hitting the pitching, like I was probably actually hitting that pitching better than I was the, say, 13- or 14-year-old pitching, but – uh, I just really liked the challenge that it gave me, and uh, I just knew whether if I went to the SEC a year early or play professional baseball a year early, uh, it was just going to help me out in my career, and uh, I was just going to end up being a better ball player in the long run, just getting those extra bats a year early. Now, I've read this a few places, but I have to check with you, obviously. So you actually committed to Mississippi State in eighth grade? Uh, yeah, I actually did. Uh, it was it was kind of an easy choice for me because, well, I had a lot of other schools interested in me and uh, giving me these, all these calls and stuff. But when I, once I went down to Mississippi State, I felt like I was just at home. I loved the coaching staff at the time, and uh, and I love the coaching staff now, and they're really supportive through this whole process. And uh, just the fan base down there was amazing. So And they they showed me the new stadium that they're building. So when I was in eighth grade, it was just a really easy choice to make, and uh, I've just stuck with it through the whole high school career. So. It's just, you know, I think a lot of high school seniors, and I think back to myself, obviously not for sports, because if I was good at sports, I wouldn't be hosting a podcast and talking to you. Um, at a certain point, it's stressful for high school seniors to decide where they're going to go to school, and it's a year away. I mean, for you, that was four or five years away. Um, what was it like going through a recruiting process at 13, 14 years old? Um, it was a little bit hectic, because uh, once – some schools started reaching out, more schools started to reach out. So I yeah. do phone calls every week with, well, multiple phone calls every week as a 13 year old. So, <laughs> uh, and, uh, but I, I knew like I, 
I worked hard to put myself in the position. I was just truly blessed to be in that position because I know a lot of kids would love to be in that position, whether it's even in high school, to get interest from those schools. So, uh, but I felt like um, I've proved myself because, like, I was using a wood bat when I was 13 years old. So they mm -hmm. knew I could hit with a wood bat already, and they knew I could easily make that transition over. So, uh, yeah, I mean, it was – but in the long run, I, I really know that I made the right decision by committing to Mississippi State in eighth grade. So, so I think in this year's draft where it's five rounds and, you know, so much uncertainty going into it, anybody who gets drafted, I think it's, there's a pretty good chance that the teams are going to make it worth your while to sign. Uh, as you weigh kind of that decision between going to Mississippi, which is – it's Mississippi State, excuse me, I know that's a huge mistake and that's, you know, big rivals. Um <laughs> As you weigh Mississippi State against going to the pros, um, what were or what are the factors that kind of go into that decision? Um, well, not a lot of things are really finalized yet with the right. whole coronavirus stuff. We can't really fly anywhere or anything yet. So uh, it's just going to be one of those things that I'm going to have to still talk to my advisors and stuff and about, and especially my family, because they play such an important role. Mm -hmm. uh, in this whole situation. So uh, it's just one of those things that I'm just going to have to kind of see where it goes from here. And, uh, and just right now, I just feel amazing that, I mean, I get picked by such a great organization like that. And uh, it's a dream come true. And uh, I know a lot of kids will love to be in this position and have this choice to make. So, yeah. Uh, for everybody who was drafted this year was really the most unusual spring ever. You know, you go into this, you expect your whole life. All right, there's going to be 40 rounds. Not that someone in your position would need all 40 of those rounds, obviously, but um, there's going to be plenty of opportunity. Teams know what they're doing. Um, it's, it's the tale as old as time, the way the draft goes and you get your senior season, you get your senior year, your senior spring to really enjoy it with friends at home. Um, on a personal level, how crazy has this been? And, you know, being a member of, um, a high school class that didn't get to you know do what people were normally doing um it was it was really crazy because we we played our last game and i think the seniors kind of knew that was our last game because everything started to shut down the college world series was canceled by then yeah uh at that point we kind of knew it was gonna be over and uh it didn't really hit until they officially just canceled everything and mm -hmm. that's when it kind of hit home because I mean, we won back-to-back -back state championships, so uh, we were trying to fight for that third one and get a three-peat. But uh, it really, it was, it was really hard because just watching how hard we worked and like some this year for some of the guys, it was their first year to play varsity. Right. And some seniors, and I know the hard work that they put in. But luckily, they were able to pick up a few offers and just the the few amount of games that we were we played. So. Mm -hmm that uh kind of eased my mind a little bit the, to know that they still got to fulfill their dream to play college baseball so but that, i would say that was probably the hardest part of it was just seeing like all all my teammates and all that their season just get canceled along with mine because i know how hard we worked so yeah it was, it was crazy and hard at the same time yeah it's been obviously been like that for a lot of guys and especially going through the draft process i'm sure even on the team side with gms and everybody doing it virtually was really weird as we heard from Heim bloom and some of those other guys has your high school always been like a baseball powerhouse austin riley went there right uh yeah he really he did and uh yeah we've kind of just we've had a lot of good players come through and i think we have a few professional players in there right now so it's a great program and a great school so what's your relationship with him like um, I don't really get to talk to him much. I mean, we're both just super busy a lot, but I've yeah. talked to him a couple of times. I 
uh, we did like this camp together where the seniors did a camp and he that was for like older kids and he was also up there and I got to talk about our swings a little bit and just mm -hmm. like how he makes adjustments like and this was this past uh I think past January so it was after he got like some major league experience and uh it was after that run that he went on at that hot streak that he got on as soon as he got caught up so yeah and uh so when um it was actually we were at the state championship when he like made his debut and uh watching him hit that home run uh it was it was really crazy and uh it was a lot of fun to watch so just being able to talk to him with all that stuff and uh yeah it was really cool another guy that i've seen you uh the connections keep coming up and this is a sore subject still for red sox fans because they're still mad that mookie was traded uh in february but uh you played for the same travel team um with tim doolin at the same coach and then the same scout and danny watkins was the one who um i guess kind of recruited for lack of a better term both of you to the red sox and then there was that picture that kind of blew up after you were drafted of you and mookie high-fiving um so Obviously, he's a guy that was a huge member of the Red Sox, an MVP, helped them win a World Series in 18. Um, is it cool to have that many connections to him? And, and then uh, do you have any personal relationship beyond what, you know, we saw with that high five? Um, Yeah, it's a really, it's really cool to just be able to interact with someone like that who's especially MVP because that's where every kid wants to be playing yeah. for as being MVP and uh, winning World Series especially. So uh, to interact with somebody like that is really cool. And uh, the first time I actually met him, he coached my brother's team down in Jupiter one year. He just came down, and then uh, I got the same there. I took pictures and stuff with him. I think I was like, mm -hmm. I think I was like 12 at the time. But uh, you already you already committed to college back then, so. <laughs> yeah, I, th I think that was part. Uh, I was still in the working progress of that, but. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I was but, playing with I was playing with Legos at that age, so. <laughs> but uh yeah it was cool to, but i didn't really get to talk to him much then because uh, he was coaching and all that and uh i was a little bit shyer back then too so uh, mm -hmm. uh but uh just over time just tim doing kind of just he would like come to a camp at doing sometimes and uh, i got to talk to him there and uh really the main thing i got to talk to him about was that home run derby i got to talk to him before a little bit we took pictures and all that and uh, that was just a super cool moment when he came up and hugged me after I won. And, uh, yeah, and uh, I think I think Tim might be getting me on a call with him soon, like either today or tomorrow. Oh, yeah. So I hope, hope he's able to do that, and uh, I feel like that will be really cool. So He's obviously a guy that knows the market just about better than anyone and, and probably, even though he's not here anymore, would be a good person for advice, obviously. I mean, that, that home run derby experience in Cleveland – uh, I always think it's crazy because it's like during the commercial breaks of the actual home run derby, right? Is when yeah. they do it. And it, so um, it's always, you know, you think you get a break from the action and then the high school is always put on a show. It's like <laughs> the longest home runs in the night, obviously. And um, there's, uh, I've covered the all-star game for a few years and it's cool to think back to, you know, when I was first doing it, those are guys also have been drafted and are big names. Um what was it like to not only compete in that, but win that in front of really a packed major league stadium? You can hit in as many major league stadiums as you have, uh, and you've probably never been in one on the field when it's that full. Um, yeah, and that was actually the first time I've ever been to a home run derby before too. So really? I was really amazed. And uh, but I'm not gonna lie, I was getting really nervous once the stadium started to fill up and uh, <laughs> filled, and I realized how loud it was. 
but once I stepped in the box, it was kind of weird. Like everything just kind of, I was just so zoned in, I guess, that like the stadium didn't even seem wild around me, I would say. But after I won it, it didn't, it didn't really seem real. Like I got off to the side and I was like, I just really just did that in front of this many people. And I ended yeah. up, and, uh, I mean, AJ put up a good number with six on the first on, on his round, so I knew I had to kind of get on a roll there for a minute to come back and win. But uh, yeah, it was a really surreal moment, and uh, it's definitely one I'll never forget. And uh, it was just a cool moment to see my family and all that too. So, and I'm sure during that process, you get to meet a lot of major leaguers and and guys, not just Mookie, but guys all over the league who are pretty well known. Oh yeah, I was, was that one of the people that I really wanted to meet was Mike Trout, and uh, it was mm-hmm. cool. Right before that, I got to take a picture and stuff with him, and uh, also got to meet Christian Yelich. And yeah, I mean that that was it was just a super cool moment just to be around all them, and I was able to be down there while they were taking BP and all that too. And it's just cool to see how they go about their business and uh, all that. And they also have fun with it a lot too, so that was also cool to see. So, do you find when these guys meet you, they know who you are? Um, I, I don't really, I'm not sure if they really do. I mean, some of them that, I mean, I don't, I really don't know if they really do because usually they, they don't really say much to me. So, mm-hmm. which I mean, we we're both just so busy at the time. So like I would usually just ask him for, me and AJ would just go up and ask him for a picture and all that. And, uh, they would be asking what we're doing and uh, we're just saying we're hitting in the home run derby and all that there. So they just like kept the conversation that way. They didn't really say if they've heard of us or not. So with those guys, I think, everybody knows that baseball has a problem marketing their stars. I mean, we've seen this time and time again, everybody would know, um, you know, who Tom Brady or Patrick Mahomes is, or a lot of the NBA guys, but you know, baseball players are a little bit more anonymous by nature and um, the game. There's been calls for miking up players, things like that to try to get, you know, fans connected with these guys. Uh, you know, Bryce Harper is the guy you've been compared to. He's always been a big personality. People know who he is. Um, as you go through your pro career, I mean, do you want to be one of the kind of like fall in line and be one of those reserve baseball guys, or do you want to, um, you know, experiencing kind of superstardom as you have at a young age, do you hope to kind of transcend that and be, um, one of those guys that people really know on a personal level? Um, I really hope I can be one of those guys that fans can know on a personal level and, uh, just to be able to interact with the fans a lot. Because, I mean, you never know when you can make somebody's day just by saying hey to them or giving them a high five mm-hmm. or something like that, just something that small. So that's kind of one of the things that I would hope I would be able to do uh, to play professional baseball is just to, you know, because I know once I was a little kid, I would have loved that once, like, say, some major leaguer came up to me and just gave me a high five or a signed ball or something, or just give me a ball. And uh, so I'm hoping that I could just – have some good fan interaction and uh, just to bring people back to the ballpark and just bring excitement. So, And social media and YouTube, Twitter, whatever, has always been a huge part of, I guess, your rise from a young age. And just looking at it, like you, I don't think there's a lot of prospects who are drafted with 85,000 Instagram followers. Um, how do you handle that? You know, thinking about, you know, everything I post is going to be scrutinized and I have so this, this many eyeballs. And um, how do you hope to... I guess, grow your social media presence as your career grows? Um, the biggest thing for me is just trying to, I just try to keep everything positive and just try not to post anything negative like that because I know a lot of eyes are on me and uh, I know a lot of people, like a lot of little kids, like look up to me and stuff. So 
I try to keep stuff that I know like kids would enjoy like looking at and all that. So, uh, and it's really cool to have that kind of interaction with the people and just be able to interact with them through the social media and uh, just see kind of what I do in my life and all that. So, um, yeah, I mean, it, it was kind of one of those things I didn't really mean for it to blow up. It just kind of happened. Mm -hmm. And it was just, I just kind of <laughs> go with it, I guess. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I'm really, it's a true blessing because it's like a good platform to just be on and uh, just kind of just share my life, I guess. So, I'm sure this is another question you've gotten a million times, but I have to ask. So, Blaze isn't a nickname, right? Is that, it's on your birth certificate? Yeah, it's actually on my birth certificate. My mom saw the name in a magazine, and uh, they they named me that. And uh, just, it just, I mean, it's not a nickname or anything. So, and I really enjoy it because I guess it brings attention. But I don't know. <laughs> yeah, it's not. You can't forget. Do you have like, do you have siblings with weird names too? Um, actually, my brother's name is Parker, so that's one of the that's the original names. So. Yeah, that's not it's not Blaze. I mean, that's <laughs> I think when people see it, they assume it's a nickname, but. Yeah, I think a lot of people do assume it's a nickname, but uh, yeah, it's my real name and everything, so <laughs> I enjoy it. So. <laughs> and uh, for you, I think we talked about uh, with Paul Taboni, the Red Sox amateur scouting director, the other night, your position going forward, uh, third base is where you've been. The Red Sox think that they're going to give you a chance to, to stay at third base. Obviously, they have a guy in Raphael Devers who's going to be entrenched there for a while. Mm -hmm. um, for you, where do you want to play long term? Is it at third? Would you want to move to first, or what is your preference? Um, yeah, I definitely feel like I should stay at third base and because uh, I feel like I've put my body in the position to uh, be able to play third base, and I know my arm's definitely strong enough to play third. So, uh, I mean, yeah, I mean, I feel like I've, I've just put myself in a good position because back when I was younger, my body wasn't in the position to play uh, uh, third base. So it was mainly just for first base just because I wasn't really that athletic or anything. So uh, just being able to just – I try kind of just transition my body and I feel like they're going to, um, they realize that too. So once they draft me as a third baseman, uh, I'm just going to continue to work hard because I know I got some things to work on over there, but I'm going to work my butt off until, um, I know where I need, where I'm going to need to be. Cause I mean, once you're playing professional baseball, all those guys are super fast and all that. So it's gotta be quick and all that. So I'm definitely going to continue to really work hard and all that. So. And the last question I have for you, uh, because I'm sure you're getting a lot of calls and, and busy still even three days uh, after being drafted. But um, as you look toward this next chapter, and obviously you don't know where you're going to be playing this year because no one knows there's going to be a minor league facility or facility is going to be open. If there's going to be minor league baseball, it doesn't look like that's going to be the case. What are those things? Obviously, power is something you don't need to work on. But what are those things that um, you think you can do to elevate your game? Um, the biggest thing for me is just continue to work on my speed and just agility and all that and athleticism because I've really come a long way from uh, where I was actually at, like, say, even a year ago. And uh, I've, this is probably the strongest I've ever felt, and this is probably the best my body's ever felt. So, uh, yeah, I'm just going to continue to work on my strength and conditioning and just be, try to be in the best shape I can be going into it. And, uh because I know once I get there, I'm just going to be that average guy that's going into the park, and uh, I'm going to have to fight for a spot, and uh, just going to continue to work my butt off and just try to, just try to go out there and just have fun and continue to play my game. So.
That's awesome. Well, I appreciate you taking the time. Once again, congrats on being drafted. And uh, I'm sure you'll hear a lot from Red Sox fans who I don't know if your your Instagram following has gone up in the last few days since you were drafted, but uh, it, it will continue to. So that's Blaze Jordan, newest Red Sox prospect. Blaze, thanks for your time. Well, thank you. It was great talking to you.